I am your host, Brian, and today we're talking about Cocaine Bear. Um, obviously, this is the one that just came out like on Friday, and the reason I'm talking about it is because over on my other podcast, Red Rum Radio, you can find that on uh, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, we did talk a little bit as a, as a bonus episode, uh, the background of the, you know, what 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 the fuck happened with with uh, cocaine bear, man, I just heard that pop. I'm gonna fix that in editing. It's gonna be weird. Anyway, um, so this movie just came out, like I said, in Friday. I'm recording this Wednesday after the Friday that the movie came out. So it's been a few days. So the movie's been out for a couple of days. I know some people have already seen it, so we've had time to, you know, what would be called digest the movie. Um, so let's get into it after I do a little bit of housekeeping here at the beginning. Yes, I know. Uh, I know it was gone. And I keep saying every single episode. I, I've, I feel I see. I feel like I say the same thing every single time is I'll be back. But, you know, who knows? I, if you do want to hear me, I am over on uh, Red Rum Radio more often. Um, this one is just because I do it solo and I have to find time between working to do this, <laughs> and when I mean do this, you know, you know, I watch the movie, write my script out, and uh, edit it all on my own, not like Red Rum where I have, uh, or we have an editor who's uh, who's my uncle. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a new episode. Let's see uh, if we keep it as a streak, but it is Cocaine Bear. It is something I consider new at the movies, and we'll see how often we do uh, movies that, are new, but anyway, Cocaine Bear, twenty twenty three. Wow, this is weird to say. Um, so let's just get into it. Cocaine Bear. Um, I'm gonna start by doing the true events of of it. So let's hit it after I play this because like I needed to. Uh, I hope I hope everybody who who watched uh, Metal Metalocalypse enjoyed that because it is a fucking great show. I loved it. Anyway, uh, Cocaine Bear says this happened in 1985. The true story is uh, or behind when I mean true story, you know, quote unquote, because you don't know what happened. Uh, the story goes is that in September 1985, a convicted drug smuggler named Andrew Thornton II died after a parachute accident. Uh, and the theory is here is that he was traveling on a Cessna uh, plane, which I expl- we explained in the uh, Red Rum Radio, if you want to go uh, listen to that, that our Cessna plane is one of those little prop planes. It's a more private plane, so you see it flying around a lot. Um so if you're like in the Long Beach area, a lot of people fly out of the Long Beach airport with the little Cessna planes out here in the IE. You see people doing that a lot. I think San Gabriel Valley, the El Monte airport is the same thing. You so it's a little small planes, private planes, essentially. Uh, that's what a Cessna plane is. 
Um, and roughly he was traveling with 880 pounds of cocaine. Uh, they were, they, as in the feds were actually trailing, uh, him for a little bit to try to figure out where he, uh, where he's going, where the shipment is. So he decided to throw some of the stash out of the plane and took some with him um, when he jumped out of it. But being that a Cessna plane is a light uh, light aircraft, so it's not supposed to carry heavy load. It was heavy and it was starting to fall, so that's why he's starting to toss stuff out of the uh, side of the plane. Plus, you know, he's carrying it and can't be too heavy when you have a, a parachute. So... He, he died. <laughs> Essentially what happened is that I guess um, he was too heavy and both both the main chute and the backup chute didn't deploy. So that's what happened. And he was reported dead on September 11th of 1985 where he, when he was found in a driveway in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, when he was wearing Gucci loafers with roughly $15 million worth of cocaine strapped to his body. See, that's $15 million worth back in 1985. So 1985 uh, money inflation thing. So I always try to do that. I tried to do that before, but you know what? Whatever. We'll do it live. So $15 million. is about 41 million, 41.7 million dollars in 2023 money. Damn. So 41 million dollars worth strapped onto his body. So I don't know how much that is in street value, but that's a lot. Um that's at least the cocaine part of the story. Now it's time for the bear part of the story. So the bear is that uh it was a black bear uh and it died after finding the cocaine in the forest. But it didn't take all of it. So it was 75 pounds of cocaine that was dropped in that area around where the bear was found and it was missing. So let's just say the bear didn't eat it all. Because um, when they did actually find found the bear, uh, it was near an empty duffel bag that had the container right of cocaine. Uh, the bear itself, uh, had about, was it five pounds of cocaine inside of its body, uh, with three to four grams of cocaine in its, in its, uh, blood system. So it had about an eight, eight ball in it, in its, in its, in its blood system. That's a lot. <laughs> so working theory is that the, the bear died of an overdose, um, after consuming such, um, large quantity cocaine because the bear's body was found about a hundred yards away from three of the duffel bags that contain about a uh, two hundred eighteen pounds of it. So it died shortly after. Um, there was another bag around there that was found with seventy five pounds. So obviously things were being moved around, and it was only like one uh, bag that was eaten by the bear. So however long that bear was was coked out, that must have been fun for it. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you always remember the first time you take a new drug. I remember the first time I did shrooms. Uh, I remember the first time, a lot of things. Um, but it was a wild experience, man. 
I bet that bear had a really fun five minutes before it OD'd and died because, damn, I don't know. I don't think you're supposed to be consuming that much, and I don't remember how much cocaine it is that in a single dose is lethal, but it's not good. You know what I mean? Um, Anyway, that's the backstory of Cocaine Bear. That all happened in 1985 within a couple months. So September is when they found Thornton, which is who is the um, you know the the drug smuggler, um, and the bear was found in November. So anywhere between September to November uh, is when cocaine was taken from that area, and then around November is when the cocaine bear was cocaine bear for however long. But that's the that's the backstory. This quote unquote true event. Uh, that happened here. Now on to the movie. Um, movie is directed by uh, Elizabeth Banks, who is an actress primarily. She, you guys have seen her in like The Hunger Games. She was in Forty Old Virgins. I can marry make a porno. Uh, Scrubs, Third Rock, Pitch Perfect. Uh, she had directed Pitch Perfect Two and Charlie's Angels from 2019. Previous before bored doing Cocaine Bear. Uh, I know Charlie's Angels from 2019 wasn't that well-received of a movie and saw the trailers in theaters because that was when I was going to the movies like pretty frequently. And when I mean pretty frequently, I was there every week, at least twice a day, twice a week, twice a day. Yeah, every week, at least twice a week. Um, And I saw the trailer for, for Charlie's Angels a lot, so I didn't ever remember it being something that attracted my attention because it was like, oh, we're going to go back to an established property. Um, I don't think anybody was asking for a Charlie's Angels sequel or reimagining or anything like that. So I think that's why it wasn't well-received. But this one is good. You know, it's different. Um, Written by Jimmy Warden, who wrote one thing. He wrote... Babysitter Killer Queen, which is a sequel to a Netflix movie, which was the sequel was also on Netflix. Cinematographer is John Gilderson, who did surprisingly like good, like heavy movies. He did About Time, which is one of my favorite like romantic movies, like Crazy, which is another one of those romantic movies. Candyman from 2021, where the cinematography was actually the best part of it, and Love Simon, which you know, he's doing these movies that. Um, are pretty colorful. Like I'll, I'll tell you that about about like about time the color pops and it's like part of what gives the environment life into it. And that does help a lot here in, in this movie. Actually, now that I'm thinking about like going over it, does help a lot. It does like feel like the environments are real. Um. Anyway, we're gonna move on to. Editor, this is what we do in this show. We talk about who made the movie. Editor, Juan Negron, who we've talked about before when we talked about Pain and Gain. So if you want to know about him more, go over that episode. I actually enjoyed that episode mostly because it's about, like, a Michael Bay movie and in Miami, you know, so cool. Composer, Mark Mothers, 
Mother's Bow, who replaced the original composer, and he does mostly like TV work. So he did Close Enough, which is one of my favorite recent adult animation, which is, I guess, what you have to call cartoons that aren't meant for kids. Um, but uh, but uh, Close Enough is by the guy who did uh, not 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 a uh, regular show. So if you like, it, I think his name is JG Quintel. Um, but if you like regular show, you'll like Close Enough. It's pretty good. Um, Disenchantment, he did as well, the music for. Um, so that's like the, I guess, the creative group, creative top or above the line group you have here in the movie. Uh, cast, you know, we have Carrie Russell, who was in Star Wars, Joe Shea Jackson Jr., who was in Star Wars. <laughs> Al Alden Eindenrich, who was in Star Wars. Yeah, there's a lot of people who used to be in Star Wars movies, but these people were in the Star Wars movies in the sequel stuff. So Carrie Russell, Shea Jackson Jr. Carrie Russell, I think, was in Episode Nine, which sucked. Oh, Shea Jackson Jr. was in the Obi-Wan show, and Alden Eldridge, who played Han Solo in the Solo Star Wars story. Um, so, yeah, not exactly the best. Um, this is Ray Liotta's last movie he did before he died. Um, let me see the exact dates here. Uh, I know I wrote that down. Yeah, he, so he, Ray Liotta completed filming for this role, um, before passing on May 26th of 2022. Uh, he passed a week after he came to re-record his lines. So, yeah. This is kind of like a... Orson Welles Transformers situation where Orson Welles literally died the week after he finished recording um, all the lines he had for, for the Transformers movie, which, you know, is interesting to say like, the, the kind of similarities between the two. They're both short. They're both very entertaining movies. Um, and let's see if, if, if Cocaine Bear, like, stands the test of time, though. Um Stands the test of time, though. Um, you also have Isaiah Whitlock Jr., which you guys know as... She. And we also have... Hey, is that character actress Margot Martindale? She's on the FBI's most wanted list and the AV Club's list of 20 actresses that always make everything better. As well as Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who was in Modern Family, and Christopher Hidyu, who is Tormund in Game of Thrones. So it's kind of like a known cast with someone with um, unknowns just being the kids, right? Um, so that's creative cast. So it's good cast. It's good actors. They know what they're doing. They they can deliver lines, which is great. Um, the kid actors are kid actors, and the way they deliver lines is is you know it works, you know. Surprisingly, overall, from what I could say about the movie, it feels very 80s. And not just because it's set in that time, but like the way there's a thing called film craft, right? And that's just the way a movie is made, how it's put together, and all that. And a lot of the Cocaine Bears film craft reminds me of 80s movies. Um, and it's just like because it, it feels like everything gets put together and the narrative is very built upon like people meeting at a point. And it's not like it's a MacGuffin or anything like that of, of, of a location. I guess the MacGuffin would be the cocaine um, because that is leads 
into people finding the cocaine bear, which is what is the story, right? Um, but it, but the movie itself, uh, I mean, after we talk about that, you know, what it is, we're talking more about the movie right now, uh, is exactly what you fucking think it is. Uh, and I and I bring up exactly what you think it is. That's what I have in my notes because that's the um, tagline for the Italian movie Pieces uh, because that movie itself is exactly what you think it is. Cocaine Bear is exactly what you think it is. It's a movie about a cocaine bear. I went into it thinking, oh, it's Elizabeth Banks. She's going to be a little bit of a comedy movie. There is some comedians in it. You know, O'Shea Jackson Jr. does do good comedic work. You have Jesse Tyler Ferguson comedy you know it's, it builds some sort of idea that it could be a horror comedy in the vein of like Zombieland, but it is more of a comedy horror where the comedy is in there but the horror is definitely what it you're what what is the top billing of the movie in terms of its genre classification because goddamn it's like the one of the opening scenes is is you know, uh, Tormund and his uh, fiance, girlfriend in the forest, and they're just walking, and they see the cocaine bear, and they're like, "Oh my god, a bear! How cute!" And the bear attacks, and then you see a leg being the severed leg being thrown into the picture, and it's main frame in the middle of it. You're like, "Oh, this is what this movie is," and that is what we call subverting expectations, Ryan Johnson. That's how you do that, not, you know, throwing away everything that makes Star Wars Star Wars. Oh, well, it's said and done. Um, but, yeah, that's the idea of what subver- subverting expectations is. Like, I didn't, the expectation of it being more comedy-heavy, I expected it to be more of a 2000s movie rather than being an 80s movie. You know what I mean? So 2000s movie would have played everything for jokes because everything was a joke. Um, the 2000s, you got to realize we were coming post 9-11. So then after 2001, everybody was trying to get an escape from everything because everything in the news was was war this, war that, invasion, ma- weapons of mass destruction. In the 80s, we was a little bit of a time of prosperity. So people were making different movies. You, you had expanding genres. You, you had... You can almost consider the 80s one of the times as much of bad movies came out. There's a lot of good stuff that comes out of the 80s um, in terms of changing genres or doing things differently. That's that's what you don't see today. Uh, and that's what Cocaine Bear is, right? Cocaine Bear is different. It was worth going to the movies for. And that's, uh, again, it's the next thing I'm going to talk about here is the movie going experience with it is that... See, I went to go see Ant-Man, and Ant-Man, as much as uh, Disney and Marvel wants to put their stuff out as, hey, you need to go to the movies to see this, you really only need to go see, like, the Avengers movies in theaters. Everything else is, like, extended movies, extended single television, like, events that maybe should have been just direct to Disney+. Plus. I personally thought that maybe instead of having all the newer characters have uh, TV shows, they should have the new characters be in the movies first and then the older established characters have 
TV show so you can expand the actual story that you're trying to tell, right? You don't need to understand over 10 episodes the origin story of Miss Marvel. That can be done in an hour and a half, two hours max. 10 episodes is what you needed to do to explain Ant-Man. So I think that's what was going on here. But you only need an hour and a half for Cocaine Bear. And Cocaine Bear does everything from an hour and a half. I got it from beginning to end, man. And that was part of the movie-going experience. From beginning to end, it was entertaining. And not only that, because I went to go see it in an AMC theater. So if you guys know anything about an AMC theater, um, you have this lady. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And I swear after she said that, like the nerds said it out loud. It was like watching a midnight screening because I've seen midnight screenings of like the room, right? And the people are just shouting lines and like that. And people shouted, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And I was like, well, I guess let's go with that. But, you know, that's part of the movie going experience. Um, and I guess also part of that movie going experience is a thing called a suspension of disbelief because it is a movie based off a true, true story, right? So you got to like build into like knowing, oh, um, I understand it's a true story, but this isn't what happened. Um, like is it, that in and of it itself is its own genre. And that's what I'm going to talk about next right now. Because um, I did want to, to touch upon that because uh, some people could fall under the impression that it's not, you know, what what is a true story and all that. And I just want to talk about it a little bit because there's a thing in, in narrative and art and all that that you would call uh, creative liberties and artistic license. And that's what happens when you do a movie like this. Um, and I'm just going to uh, touch upon it a little bit before we finish the episode because I feel like this is something I, I – kind of want to talk about a little bit because it would be its own separate like film school episode but I'd rather not because I can get it done here and talk about Cocaine Bear um so Creative Liberties Artistic License kind of talks about it means the same thing but it reverses a deviation from fact or form and for artistic purposes and it can include changes in um this is specifically talking about um like literature and all that it could include changes in alliteration and grammar and language from the pre-existing text or when you're talking about a story you can change some events here and there that would suit your narrative more uh, without deviating too much from the main story same thing you can talk about when people take samples to make music so when you hear any, any like rap stuff that is using sampling, they're taking artistic license and creative liberty uh, by chopping up a, a piece of a song to make a beat and all that. That's that's part of that creative liberty artistic license sort of deal. And that's what Elizabeth Banks takes in this um, movie because obviously there was no bodies found anywhere near uh, where this bear was. Uh, and by all indications, the bear died relatively quickly after consuming all that cocaine because it had a fucking eight ball in its bloodstream bro like who survives that shit <laughs> let's call up charlie sheen man let's see charlie sheen bobby brown get them all together see if they fucking can outdo the cocaine bear man that would be it that's the sequel Co cocaine bear visits charlie sheen and bobby brown and we all get high 
anyway, um, that's part of the stuff that she took in terms of great creative liberties and artistic license in this movie. Cause overall in the movie, yeah, you beginning the end is about that. And the actual story is that the cocaine bear died. But in this movie, it's kind of like a nature revenge story. Cause it does play upon the man versus nature element in terms of conflict, which I believe we talked about that before in a previous episode. And if not, you know, it is different types of conflict and all that. And this one just happens to be man versus nature, which is man fights against nature. Uh, and nature ends up winning because Cocaine Bear ends up being a mother. Uh, spoiler alert. She has the two two cubs and, like, the ending is, like, Ray Liotta trying to fight, fight him back and all that. And Cocaine Bear, like, kills him. And ends up trying to eat the cocaine and not them. But that's just, you know, the man versus nature part of it. That's, you almost feel bad for, for the cocaine bear because, like, cocaine bear doesn't want to be cocaine bear, but cocaine bear takes the title of cocaine bear um, because it needs to. This is this is cocaine bear's revenge, man. Um, but that's the creative license and creative liberties that she does take into it. And um, we just so happen to be in the United States where we can do that because it does get you in trouble because there's these things called censorship. There is decency laws in the United States as well. So something does have to can be considered not offensive piece of art. And um, in my... Yeah, no, it, it was it was in my episode where I talk about Boogie Nights um, where I talk about decency laws and pornography laws, and it does tie into that a little bit and what censorship is that. And um, if you want to know a little bit more about that, go over to that episode. It is, I believe, my second episode I did. So it's going to be rough. Anyway, so you go over there to do that. Um, so that's part of this creative liberty or artistic license. And now I'm going to list off a couple movies that do such that aren't Cocaine Bear because Cocaine Bear is that horror comedy thing. So that will lead into that. Then you have The Terminal, which, you know, it, I have an episode about it that I did, which was a long time ago, and I'm going to re-record it, mostly because it was me complaining that it was Spielberg's worst movie. Because it kind of is. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for peeking. But it kind of is one of his worst movies. Uh, I love Spielberg, but bad movie. Um, and that's a true story, like a guy getting stuck in, in, the, in, the, in the airport. But in the movies, like this cutesy rom-com where Tom Hanks and I think it's Resonator Zellweger. I want to – no, I forget who it is. Um, might be Catherine Zeta-Jones. But they fall in love. They have a meet-cute and all that. But the true story is, is the man was a little off his rocker. He got offered many times to leave the airport, but he never did. He ended up dying, I think, last year or this year. Um, then you have Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho, which are inspired this by the same true events of Ed Gein. Um, eventually, we'll talk about Ed Gein over on Red Rum. I'm gonna go ask. Uh, I'm gonna go ask them to do it because it's a pretty good story. But Ed Gein, um, essentially, you know, he was making stuff out of leather. He killed his mom, and all different elements of the Ed Gein story. Uh, lead into what built Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Something I didn't know to today, but 51st States is based off a true story. It happened back in 1994. A woman got into several car accidents and wasn't able to form long-term memories. And then the stuff that her husband was doing was 
kind of the same stuff that Adam Sandler was doing in the movie. So that was, you know, the parallels between there. So three different movies, well, four different movies, really, different true events and the way that they built upon it and that the true events get taken and, and created or get taken with artistic liberties and artistic license and that's what it makes into that and that's what happened in Cocaine Bear because, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at. Cocaine Bear took that and I just want to give you guys examples of that, uh, of different examples from different movies that do those true events so you can understand, quote unquote, what is a true event, right? Um, what is a true event? What, what, what could you call that? Like technically Cocaine Bear is a true event right um but the movie itself uh isn't <laughs> so what would happen between that so that's what you can do to make a good movie and that's i kind of appreciate that you know i can appreciate that um that's what um elizabeth thanks did in this movie um that she created like this vision of a horror movie out of a true event that is so innocuous and had maybe nothing to do with anything uh and that's how you I don't know, that's how you create. Um, so yeah. So what are true events? Um, true events can be true. True events can be anything from, hey, I saw a dog hump a cat, and then you build a movie off of that. Uh, I didn't mean that to rhyme, but it did. Um, what else do I want to say before I sign off? So yeah, Cocaine Bear was good. I would say to go see it. Uh, that is something I, I, I would say is worth seeing in the movie theater because it's half hour or half hour, hour and a half in and out and get your drink, you're good to go. Um, I mostly say that because Ant-Man sucked and that was like an, uh, two and a half hours. Um, and it was good to see movies in the movie theater. Uh, it was a big thing why I enjoyed Cocaine Bear so much because people were all reacting at the same time to the, the same things. Meanwhile, Ant-Man, it felt like we were all waiting for something to, to happen or we were all waiting for the the villain's intentions at the end. So I, I appreciate that. One movie, um, Cocaine Bear, was something that I was engaged in and I understood and I got and then Ant-Man wasn't. Um, so yeah, go 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 see it. Go go watch it. Go get it. And get it by, I mean, by, I mean get it. I mean like understand what, what happened to it because it was a good movie. Go see it in the movie theater. Um, because you know what? Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> I had to add that in. But, uh, you know, I uh, appreciate you guys for listening to me. I am uh, Video Store Wasteland on Instagram, on TikTok, VSWL Pod on Twitter. I'm going to start using that one a little bit more. But uh, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or suggestions for, for future episodes, please email me over at videostorewasteland at gmail.com. I'll put all this in the episode description. I am also the host of Red Rum Radio. So we are redrum.radio at Instagram. And I think there's also a TikTok and all that. But I, I'll, I'll put that in the, in the bottom here. Um, as always, uh, thank you guys. I love you guys. And I hope to see you once again here in Wasteland. I took a